Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be a more productive you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to my upcoming live training on Friday, July 17th at noon Eastern. I'm titling it Five Keys to Improved Productivity. You can register for this live training by going to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com, clicking the banner at the top of my page, or you can go to the link in the show notes, register and attend live Friday, July 17th. On the show today, Will Moore, he's the founder of the Momentum Movement. We're going to talk about his five core habits. Everyone needs to adopt these into their lives and get really good at them because that's how you're going to be successful. So grab yourself something to write with and write on, and let's get the gold. Will, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Super glad to be here. Excited. I'm super glad you're here too. And what's interesting is when we originally scheduled this interview, you were in your home in Chicago. Now this nasty thing called COVID-19 is here. And uh, now you're up in Michigan kind of quarantining. I am. So, you know, it, it's been a, it's been a, an interesting scenario. I've got two small children. Um, Fortunately, my wife's got a twin sister who also lives in Chicago, who's got two small children around the same age. And, you know, everybody, you can only stay inside for so long with two small kids, a four-year-old and a one-year-old before you literally start to lose your mind. So we have actually come up, um, her parents have had this little old lake cottage for years and years up in uh, Intermediate Lake uh, in Bel Air, Michigan. And so we kind of came here and the whole family's here. And so it's a bit of a zoo. But it's a it's a fun zoo, and it's just nice to be around family and friends. Well, it's probably a little cooler up there uh, right now in Houston. I look at my Apple Watch; it is eighty seven, and the heat index is a hundred degrees already. I did my run at six a.m. this morning. I came back from a three mile run because I run every day. Today is like day nice. one thousand thirty nine, and I look. I was like so wet, like I took a shower, and then I looked at my lawn. I said, "You know, the heat index is going to be one hundred eleven this afternoon." And I said, "You know what?" I cooled down, had breakfast, cut the lawn. I almost closed my rings already today, my, my exercise and move rings, because I've already <laughs> I've already done so much exercise. I love it. But uh, I, I love it. I love and the thing is I love a nice cut lawn, but I cut my lawn so short, it still has to be cut every five days. I, I don't like a hairy lawn. It drives me insane. But um got that all the way. I'm in my air conditioned house here in Houston uh, talking to you and I'm looking forward to talking to you about the topic, which is gonna be about momentum and about your four five core habits. Before we get in there, take about 20 seconds or so and tell us who you are and what you do. Ooh, 20 seconds. Okay. So here we go. Uh, I think what, what will be most important to your viewers. And it's funny, I actually say this gives me the credibility to get in the door, but ironically, it's kind of the opposite of what I'm preaching. So I hit my rock bottom bounce in college is what I call it. Um, I discovered self-help at that time, serendipitously. And I became this insatiable self-help beast, just growing, using myself as a human science experiment. And I never stopped. And along the way, I became obsessed with building this business and selling it for a certain dollar amount. And that ended up, you know, flash forward 25 years, I ended up doing that, exceeding my expectations. 
And ironically, along the way, I learned that it's not about becoming an entrepreneur in the traditional, just the career and finances sense. That's actually just one of five cores. And you have to find balance in your life in these other areas. So it's about becoming an entrepreneur in the most important business you'll ever run, which is your life. And so these five cores are essentially these aspects of the business that you'll need to manage and grow in order to become a successful, quote unquote, businessman, but in your in your actual life. Now, you mentioned before we hit record, $331 million. Share with us what that's all about. So, right. So, unfortunately, I did not own a 100% of the business. I don't think many people that sell their business for that much do. Um, you know, as anybody that's, that's built a company and been able to exit for a large amount, there's usually a lot of hands in, in the mix. Uh, we did grow doorstep delivery, which was in Florida, which was the main business. Uh, we started in Florida. We had 19 branches by the end. We ended up expanding out into franchising into, uh, to Texas and to um, North Carolina, to South Carolina, into Nashville, some other areas, Denver. And we merged with another company called Light Squad, which was out of Minneapolis. They were equally sized at the time. The two of us formed. This is when like Uber Eats and Grubhub and all these companies were coming out. So I don't even know if I said it was a restaurant delivery service similar to those types. Mm -hmm. And we were the first ones in. We were way before these guys. And so, and we were self-funded. We did it. We bootstrapped it from the ground up. We had absolutely no help and we did it ourselves. And so we were actually trying, believe it or not, trying to become a profitable company, which sounds crazy in this day of age because, you know, then you, all these companies come in and they're just loss leading, right? They're, tr they're putting their money out there, losing money intentionally in order to gain market share. And so when that started happening and we're competing with billion dollar companies like Uber Eats and DoorDash and Postmates and, and Amazon even had a, a delivery service at the time, we said, look, we, we got to team up with somebody else. We got to raise money. So that's what we did. And so by the end, and then we started buying other companies in the meantime, and we grew and we got big enough to where we were able to get acquired. Wow. You know, I grew up in 1965. I just turned 55 on June 25th or June 21st. I hate saying turning. It's like I like milk turns bad. I didn't. I'm not. I'm getting better, but I, I celebrated my 55th. <laughs> you grew uh, into it. Yes, I did. Uh, and what's interesting is, you know, we take for granted Uber Eats and Postmates and Grubhub. Back in the day, I think the only ordering service was your pizza. You know, you call the pizza shop up and they bring pizza to you. That was it. You couldn't get any other delivery in the 70s and early 80s delivered. It was pizza or you went and picked it up. Now, even before COVID-19, because obviously Uber Eats is not a COVID-19 thing. It's It was way before. Now you can basically never leave your house. I mean, the doctor, uh, you can do telecalls or telemedicine calls now. Um, you can have Amazon deliver to you, food deliver to you, groceries deliver to you. So we can actually be like, uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, Jar Jar the Hutt, the big, big alien, the big <laughs> fat guy, and just sit on your couch and watch Netflix all day long and never leave your house. I mean, it's a crazy the, the world we live in now. It, you know, it's really funny you say that because I, I use that analogy all the time. And ironically, you know, how, depending on how you want to look at it, I was part of the problem, part of the solution. You know, with with great power comes great responsibility, as Stan Lee once said. And to me, and what what my whole life is about now is saying, okay, we have all that we're living in this. I call it this insta generation, where like you said, you can click a button and literally get anything you want, including your body delivered anywhere. 
<laughs> by an Uber or a Lyft. Yeah. And, you know, that is unfortunately eroding what I call this, this discipline and this, you know, being able to follow through and set goals because when you, you know, when you can just do anything, like you said, job of the hut style, it's that, that temptation, that low hanging fruit is right there. And it's like, Oh, you want to grab it. So the whole key is what developing these six, what I call stopping these failure habits in each of your core areas, including the physical health, which is a big one. You mentioned uh, before when we were talking at the beginning of the show that you've already filled your apple rings for the morning. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, but there's also what people tend to ignore and these big companies, which I think is crazy and which is where I'm coming in and trying to kind of change the whole way that people are looking at, at wellness is it's not just your physical health. Like why doesn't Apple have, why doesn't Apple have rings for these other five core areas? Why don't they have it for your career and your finances, your mindset, your relationships, your emotional health, and your giving back. And so that's exactly what I'm trying to do with my app as well as the book that I'm writing. Well, let's break it down in just a minute, but I want to go back and talk about the self-help. When I started studying high performers in our world today, I noticed something very interesting. They make learning a priority. Uh, Mark Cuban reads three hours a day. Warren Buffett reads three to five hours a day. So they're reading a lot. They're really trying to develop themselves. Then you have the other group that like, well, you know, it's the government's fault. I want to watch Netflix. It's it's Fortnite's fault. And they don't read. They don't even, maybe not even have a book in their house. And right. I thought it was very interesting. Very successful people spend a lot of time in personal development, make a lot of money. These people on the other side spend a lot of time watching Netflix. They know who got voted off the island. They know who's on The Bachelorette. And they're not making any money. And I'm like, isn't that interesting? So I make it a point every day, a minimum of reading one hour a day. And that's something not something new to me. When I see billionaires reading as a priority, I'm like, that's very interesting. Why try to reinvent the wheel? Let me just do what they're doing. And let me tell you, when you're well-read, you get further in life because now you're not just like, well, I know who's on The Bachelorette. Now you know stuff that can really help other people. So what you just did, it's as if we had a conversation before to set all this, this up because you just perfectly exemplified what I call a success habit. And so, you know, my whole system involves let's let's take let's just pause and take a 10,000 foot view and shine a spotlight on your life. And I break it up into these five simple core areas, which we all share. And I say, okay, where do you stand in each of these? What are the failure habits that you may have developed? And you know what? Maybe through no fault of your own. I do believe we're in a broken system. I believe the schooling system needs to be revamped. I believe Anybody can become a parent, unfortunately, and you're not necessarily getting what you need from that. Now you got the media, they're tracking, you know, everything you do. If you, if you go read an article, they're going to only show you more of that, which is helping to both polarize the world. So we all have them. And so the whole point is like, okay, what are you doing to change them? And what you just said, which is you read an hour a day, that's the perfect example of a success habit where you've developed that and you're expanding your mind, you're growing every day and more momentum, five core life. This thing I'm, I'm basically pushing is saying it's all the, the key to happiness is movement and growth. And as long as you're building momentum in each of these cores by stopping these failure habits you've developed and replacing them with success habits, you will be on your way to what I call firing on all cylinders on your way to becoming an unstoppable force and living the five core life. So before we get into, you know, how to live a five core life, what are the five core habits you, you talk about? 
So the first one is mindset, which is the most, uh, arguably the most important. And that if you don't have your mindset right, the other ones really can't develop. It's kind of a, a trickle ripple ripple effect on all of them. They all kind of work together and you want to balance them all. Mindset, it's your overall perception of the world. It's your, uh, your confidence. It's your attitude. Is the glass half empty? Is it half full? Are you proactive? Are you reactive? Are you an owner of your life that believes that you have everything within you to kick ass, take names, and obstacles are temporary roadblocks waiting for solutions? Or are you a victim that says, poor me, life sucks, my brain is broken, there's nothing I can do about it, and I'm just going to hover above rock bottom for the rest of my life. Then the next core is your relationship, or excuse me, your career and your finances. And that's that's the one, as I mentioned earlier, that I succeeded in and gives me credibility, which ironically I'm using to come in the side door and be like, ah, ah. It's not just that. That's important. But a lot of people view success as somebody that has had financial and career success. And so um, to me, you know, what, what real success is, is on the career side, it's figuring out what your strengths are, what your passions are, understanding your quote unquote weaknesses, figuring out how to outsource and work around those, setting goals and a purpose and not stopping until you get there. And as I said, it's continual movement. So when you reach a goal, it's not like you can sit on a beach and drink a pina colada. That's not <laughs> how it works. You got to keep going. You got to set a new goal. And that may sound depressing to some people. It's like, what are you saying? So even if I hit my goal, I got to still keep working. Well, yeah, that's how it works. And if you understand it and embrace it, it's actually a good thing because you understand it keeps you moving and you're constantly working for something. And so even when you get older and you retire, you got to have something that, that's keeping you motivated and stimulating your mind. Um, and then the finance part of that is, is I've read a lot of books where Robert Kiyosaki and Buffett and, and just basically passive income is what it's all about. Learning to grow your wealth um, incrementally and, and using the law of compounding and making sure money's working for you, whether you are or not. And a lot of people just, it's so fundamental and they don't understand how to do that. And they feel like they got to work for every dollar and they stay away from things like the stock market, real estate investing. And cause it sounds intimidating. It really isn't. It's, it's a lot simpler than it ever was, especially now with that technology we mentioned earlier, which is with great power comes great responsibility. Use it, use the good things to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll pause there. Are there any questions thus far? Well, I just want to say that when you talked about intimidating, you know, when I started my the Mark Stuchowski podcast on July 7, 2017, it was really intimidating and I was sweating buckets. It, you know, I, I you know, I, I have learned I was a radio DJ back in the day. But you know what? Now, 578 episodes later, it's like nothing. But it started with sweating and scared. Now I, I could talk to anybody on the podcast. It doesn't bother me. So you have to get over that. And then something else you said, I really am so thankful you said this. Outsource your weaknesses. So many people go, well, I got my strength, but I got to work on my weaknesses. No, you don't need to work on your weaknesses. You need to outsource them because if that's not your zone of genius, give it to someone else who yeah, is exactly. and work on your strengths. And then you talked about goals. Uh, one of the best books I ever read is Built to Last by Jim Collins. He talked about BHAGs, Big Harry Aldace's Goals. Your goals should scare the crap out of you. They should not be possible today because that's what keeps me driving. I've got these. One of my big goals is to have people be able to go to markstuchowski.com instead of mrproductivity.com because right now people can't spell Stuchowski. But one of my goals is it may not happen for 10 years because let's face it, it's, I got a whole bunch of alphabet soup going there. But I've had, I have other big, ha- big hags go, big hags too, because when you have these big goals, 
They drive you. If you have tiny goals like, geez, I hope I make it to the weekend, what kind of goal is that? So I'm really glad that you brought up the goals. You know, it, it, as earlier in the podcast, you mentioned about how you you know, you try to follow people that are successful, which is, is a good habit in itself to have. It's like, okay, what are these people doing? And one of the other successful habits that I've noticed just about every one of these people that I follow and read and study after and mentors and whatnot is that they do have goals. It's really really, really difficult to excel in life without them. It's something I learned to do early on. Again, it's unfortunate we live in a bit of a broken system where that's not even something that's a main focus early on in the schooling system, which is also one of my goals to try and fix in the future. Uh, but yes, absolutely. Goals are super important and they, they keep you moving. Like we were talking about earlier, you got to just keep moving to be happy. And then you hit one and then you hit and then you move on to the next and you move on to the next. And then you look back and you go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that not only did I hit my goal, but I've way exceeded it, which is what I was able to do. That is so key because people, they get lost when they reach a goal. They set a goal. First of all, their goal is too small. I like Grant Cardone talking about 10x goals. So if you have a goal of making $50,000 this year, put a couple zeros at the end of that. Make it scare you to death because yes. it's going to stretch you. But here's the thing, and this is this may not be politically correct on July 3rd, uh, 2020, but I know people in my life that I put if I put a gun to their head and said, what are your goals? I would be killing a lot of people. And I find that sad because these are people who are college educated and they're like, um, uh, you don't want your go- you don't make goals. I mean that that's so basic. And I just say, look at what do you want out of life? And um, I don't know. You're 55. You're 60 years old. You don't have a goal. And that I find that very sad because the goals are yours. You can dream up any goal you want, but it could be a crazy goal. But for goodness sakes, have a goal. Couldn't agree more. And, and I'm glad you used the, the, the 55 to 60 demographic because, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, goals are for young people. And then, like we mentioned earlier, then once you hit your goal and, and you, you've done well and you can retire and sit on a beach and drink a pina colada, anybody that's done that, I'm your perfect example. You know, I'm, I, I just turned 44. I sold my business for this large sum. It felt unbelievable for about 10 minutes. And it was because I reached my goal. And then it was like, now what? Right. And again, as I said earlier, a lot of people looked at as a negative in a negative way and like, oh, that's frustrating. But I look at it as a positive. Again, it ties back to that first mindset core of like, all right, now what's next? Right. And so now I'm starting this new chapter of my life and my new goal is, is my, and my ultimate purpose is help people become the best version of themselves so they can in turn help pay it forward to make the world the best version of itself. I've got two small children now. Um, they're coming into this crazy world we're living in. We all see some, you know, regardless of what politically you are or, or man or woman, black or white, I think we can all agree that there's things that are a little bit cray cray right now and, and need to be changed. And so, you know, goals help you with that. Absolutely. Okay. So we talked about six, uh, core habit number one, mindset. Then we talked about number two, career and finances. What's number three? Number three is relationships. Relationships, I divide into three major categories. Your colleagues, acquaintances, um, new people that you come across, you're a perfect example. We didn't really know each other before this interview. We're getting to know each other. Um, Depending on how I handle this conversation as an owner or a victim, proactively 
you know, maybe after the call, we, we talk a little bit and we decide, you know what, hey, we've got a lot of synergy here. I like you. You like me. Maybe there's there's some stuff we can do in the future versus just that sort of like, OK, this person's here to help me to help me move forward in life. The more you can synergize with people, strangers, the more relationships, allies you can build. You never know where your next, you know, friendship is going to come from, ally that's going to help you build that momentum. Next one is your friends and your family. And, you know, this is this is one that, as we mentioned earlier at the top of the show, with with great power, with great power comes great responsibility. Technology is allowing us to completely not see anybody these days. Mm. That is a primal instinct. We need that. We have this herd. Uh, I shouldn't use the word herd, but we have this 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 natural inclination to get together because it helps us fend off the saber tooth tiger that was coming from us now. You know, some of these, you know, and so now that we have that in our brains, like we can't ignore that. And the, if, if you just are super isolated and you're just liking your friend's picture on Facebook and you're not having real live conversations and spending time in person, which obviously now is a little bit harder, but you've got Zoom and you've got all these things, which again, we are fortunate when you look at the technology to use it to our advantage. Um, you know, that that's a huge, huge thing. And, you know, just even walking down the street and looking up and making eye talk contact and smiling at somebody, not just looking down at your phone. You never know. And, you know, and when you get that smile from somebody else, then you feel good, right? And so with your friends and family, I just really highly encourage people. There's certain habits, again, I talk about in my book and in the app to make sure that you're doing such as proactively reaching out, making sure that you're not letting a year go by before you talk to that, you know, really good friend of yours. Then the final one is your, uh, uh, the final relationship one is your significant other. And I, I always say you don't have to have a significant other, in my opinion, to be truly happy. I have seen it without, not everybody's meant to be with somebody, but if you are, there's a lot, uh, anybody that's married or has had a serious relationship can tell you that if you're not careful, all of a sudden, you know, in the beginning it's puppy dogs and ice cream and, and, you know, they can do no wrong, but then you get past that stage and, you're butting heads and it's a battle of egos and you, you both grew up separately. You both grew up with your own set of beliefs. And so you've got to proactively work at saying, okay, where's this person coming from? Putting yourself in their shoes, having them understand where you come from. I have what's called these agreements with my wife where we basically say, okay, these are all the things that have the potential to cause problems. Let's try to have an agreement so that when they do come up, you're not having that same fight over and over. You're like, Hey, remember we agreed on this and it doesn't work like charm, but again, it's a habit and it's compounding. And the more you do it, the more you come together versus do this. And this is why people get divorced. And this is why they stay together. If you're able to say, Hey, we're on the same team. We're in this together. Yeah. For those of you who didn't understand what he was just talking about, uh, we're doing the video chat, but you're only seeing the, you're only hearing the audio. He was talking about butting heads, which a lot of significant people do. We want to come together. The best example for people who are, that I've seen for networking is my dog, uh, Gracie. When she goes to the dog park, she gets along with almost every dog. They don't, <laughs> she doesn't care what color the dog's fur is, if they're big or small. They just get along. And I think we can learn a lot from our dogs and not assume the worse than people based on their skin color, what language they speak, whether they're educated or not, where they come from. Just say, hey, listen, let me let me open up my mind. Let me open up my heart and see, you know, and maybe I'll make a new friend here. But if you walk around with a scowl on your face and you think everyone's out to get you, you're not going to have a lot of friends. So relationship is core habit number three. What's number four? And I love that analogy you gave. Thank you with the dog. That's a, a very good one. Um, Fourth is your physical health. 
So we had a discussion right before this that you've already hit your rings and you, and you went for a nice long run. And, you know, so you've got to have a routine. You've got to have a habit. Now, what I like to tell people is don't get caught up in the, I need to join a gym and I need to lift weights or I need to, there are so many ways that you can fill this core. And the, at the end of the day, it's about moving a certain amount each week. Ideally, you want to get moving every single day. Um, getting your heart beat up, you know, everybody's going to have different goals. Some people are going to want to build physical strength. Some people just want to build their stamina. They want to just, you know, look good, feel good. But you know, your physical health core, it's looking good. It's feeling good. It's gaining the energy and stamina to propel you through life, to help you with all these other cores and, you know, ignoring it, you know, you're going to be in your big trouble because your mind and your, and your body are connected. And so you can't have one without the other. And if you're just sitting around eating potato chips with the remote in your hand all day, you're going to feel bad about yourself. You're not going to have energy and you're not going to want to go do these awesome other things with the other course that you want to do. And uh, there's a running joke. Uh, it's really old. Uh, you know, most people do one sit up a day. They do half in the morning and the other half when they go to bed at night. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the exercise your thumbs get when you're playing that video game all day long. We mean actually move. And the reason why I picked out uh, running is I've run like 1,040 days in a row now is during Hurricane Harvey back in August of 2017, I read an article on runnersworld.com that says what I learned from running one mile a day every day for 250 days. And I read the article. I'm like, I could have run a mile a day. It's only a mile. So I started running and I, I don't try to train. I'm not trying to run marathon. I don't run more than 3.4 miles a day. And I sometimes I run fast. Sometimes I run slow, but I really love running. I love running outdoors and with the nature and stuff like that. But you're absolutely right. You can walk, you can swim, you can yoga. There's no, you just need to move. Our bodies were designed to move. Like I tell my, uh, anybody who listens to me, Jesus never took an Uber. He walked everywhere. We have legs you can walk. And what's sad is I know people in wheelchair, wheelchairs who are in better shape than people with legs because they, they, they move and we were designed to move. We were not designed to be like Jabba the Hutt and sit there and gain lots of weight in Netflix all day. We were designed to move. So certainly do it safely, uh, safer, sa- safely. That's what I'm looking for. If you haven't exercised in a while, go see your doctor, but you need to move every single day. That's, that's the way we were designed. That's it. And that's my whole philosophy, more movement, M-O-R-E movement, you know, um, building momentum every single day, everything I'm talking about, it's moving both physically and mentally every day. As I said, you know, you got to keep growing, moving faster, bigger, better, faster, stronger. So yeah, and I I, I absolutely uh, agree with you. You know, yours is running. My wife's is running as well. Uh, mine's playing basketball. That's where I get my cardio. I love it. I don't even feel like I'm working out. It's a game. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, uh, you know, one advice, anything you can make into a game you're, when you're competitive, juices are flowing. That always tends to help a lot because you don't even feel like that's why Orange Theory, I think, became so so popular because you've got these other screens up there. My wife does that as well. And, mm-hmm. and you're competing against other. And it's like all of a sudden you're going, you're pushing yourself harder than you normally would have. Right. Yeah. So and then also tied into physical health is, you know, your other things like sleep. Um, and, and just other related things that, that do play a a big impact on your overall stamina, energy, and all these things. Yeah. And neuroscientists say you need a minimum of seven hours of sleep. This is not someone's opinion. 
This is neuroscientists have determined seven to nine is the sweet spot. So those of you who say, I only need three, four hours. Uh, you think you need three, four hours? Your body is screaming for seven to nine hours sleep. I'm a member of the 5 a.m. club, Will. I get up at five o'clock every morning, seven days a week. But I also go to bed at 9.15, 9.20 at night. So I get seven hours of sleep, seven, seven and a half hours of sleep. Sleep is so important. Your body's working so hard when you're sleeping. If you're neglecting sleep, you're probably going to get, have a higher chance of getting sicker and you're probably not going to feel as well. So get the sleep. You need the sleep. Your body really is craving that sleep. That's exactly right. And I, I, I track mine on my watch. I also have an Apple watch. I know there's other devices you can track on. I recommend that. There's a great app. You're at, the Apple Watch has now updated it to where it, it helps track your restful sleep. And there's an app that's associated with it. I can't think of the name, but it, I mean, it really breaks it down. And then it shows you your overall, like over a course of months, this is the average amount of sleep. And, and these are, you know, it's all about accountability. Everything I'm doing, everything I'm talking about, you know, you, you've got to have accountability for tracking these types of things. And that's where my app comes in. I also have a system in the meantime that I've been personally using that I'm helping some of the people I'm, I'm coaching and mentoring use. Uh, but you got to have that accountability and sort of saying, because, and I'm personally, I'm actually the opposite. I'm a night owl and it's just natural. And so when we were talking about earlier to each their own, there's lots of different ways to skin the cat. So don't just because a lot, and it almost, I tell you, almost every success book I've read, I feel like they all are 5am clubbers. Um, and for a while I was like, do I need to be that? And then I, I realized, well, no, I work from home. I set my own schedule and if I'm more productive starting at, you know, 8 a.m. versus 5 a.m., so be it, as long as I can, you know, get the same amount of done done in the day. Yeah, well, I was not a 5 a.m.er until February 4th. I just finished reading Robin Sharma's book, The 5 a.m. Club, and I said, let me try it. Now I do it every day, and I get so much done, but I always tell people, you have to do you. So if you like getting up and yeah. starting your day at nine, then do it at nine. There's no magic to getting up at five. Tim Cook, Apple CEO, gets up at three forty-five. That's cray cray. That's insane. Right. Uh, three forty-five. I'm still sawing logs. So four <laughs> four core habits down. What's the final one? The final one is your emotional health and giving back. Now this is your overall. You know, ma- making sure that you're enjoying the ride. Um, you're not running around like a chicken with its head cut off. You're, you're actually um, knowing what you really love to do on your call it your downtime, you know, your hobbies, and you're incorporating these things regularly. Um, not something where, you know, you've, got, you've let your, your life take over and you're being reactive versus proactive. And before you know it, you know, you haven't gone out and, and, and played golf or or gone for a nature hike or something because you're like, oh, I just don't have time. Well, you schedule it and you make time. And if you're not fulfilling this, you're you're gonna start to feel there's something's gonna be off, right? That's just part of your that fills your soul. So you, you need that stuff. Um, and then that also ties into stress and anxiety and coping mechanisms on how to make sure that you keep those things at bay as well. Excellent. Like breathing and those types of things. So five core habits, listener. I mean, there's a lot here on this conversation. There's no excuse. Just pick one thing and start getting really good at it. So uh, you said you had a book. So tell us about your book. Yeah. And so, sorry, just real quick before we, we move on, the well-being was the kind of the second half of that, or excuse me, the giving back was the second half of that. I want to make sure that's oh, super okay. important too. The giving back part of that is it, it, the gist of it is, is the world going to be better or worse for having you in it? it? By you going through life, are you helping others? Are, are, are you form, you know, are you 
giving back and helping the world or are you just lying, cheating, stealing and being an energy vampire and sucking, you know, everything out of it, right? That that's not okay. And that's not only does that not get you far, you feel bad about it. Um, versus when you're actually starting to help anybody that's done this can tell you anybody that's been get, starting to help other people, they literally, you feel better doing it and you're helping others. And then on top of that, it ends up coming back your way, right? They end up, cause if you help others, they want to help you. So that's a big part of it. Excellent. Um, but back to your question. Yep. Yeah, so I have a, a book that I'm working on. I'm hoping with anywhere, anytime from six months to a year. In the meantime, though, I have my, my, uh, my website and I have a blog. You can go on the website. You can actually get your core score. So you go to M O O R E momentum.com more momentum.com spelled with my last name. And there's says how to you know, take your core score free life evaluator. And it'll kind of tell you where you stand in each of these five cores, um, just very briefly. So you know which one to work on. And I want to point out something you just said, which is super important. You do not want to start going to work on all of these at once and, and writing down 50 habits for each because, it's human nature. You're going to stop. It's going to become overwhelming. It's going to be too tired, hard, and you're going to be like, no way. you got to have a system, and that's what I help people with, to start real slow, start at one quarter at a time, start adding little habits, start building momentum, and letting the compounding effect do its thing. Excellent. Well, 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 you dropped a lot of value bombs on us today. I thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, best of luck on writing and getting your book released. Very exciting. We're cheering you on. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Mark. I really enjoyed it. It was truly my pleasure. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my upcoming live training on Friday, July 17th at noon Eastern. It's called Five Keys to Improved Productivity. You can register by going to the link in the show notes or by clicking the banner at mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.